It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. The Final Furlong Podcast is proudly brought to you by our official betting partner, Kaluki Sportsbook. With betting on all sports, immediate interaction with experienced traders, instant withdrawals, and the best odds guaranteed on UK and Irish horse racing. Kaluki have prominent betting pitches at race courses across the UK. Join us now at kalukisportsbook.co.uk. And the final furlong is brought to you by our official syndicate partner, All About Sunday, the ultimate racehorse ownership experience. Download the app to get involved with world-class trainers, including Henry DeBromhead, Gordon Elliott, and Donald McKay. Join us at allaboutsunday.com. And now... Get busy listening, and get busy winning. Here's your host, Emmett Kennedy. While I've never met the man, I do know for a fact that Morgan Freeman is super excited for Glorious Goodwood as we preview the key races from one of the best flat meetings of the year at one of the most picturesque, that's the phrase we'll go for, picturesque race courses in the world as well. Uh, and to preview Glorious Goodwood, delighted to say, returning after his stint for Royal Ascot on the final furlong, is narrowing the fields, Ben Aiken. Welcome back to the show, my friend. Hi, Emmett. Thanks for having me. How are you? I am in good form. Better uh, for the fact that you are here because you're going to have pace, draw biases, all kinds of different angles to help us out as we try to crack glorious Goodwood uh, and I know that there are certain races that you are very very strong on so let's kick off with the 225 at Goodwood uh, where the betting is headed by Holloway Boy the surprise Royal Ascot winner 66s into 40s before the often wins on debut the son of Ulysses will once again be partnered by Danny Tudhope for Carl Burke and is 7-4 to four with Kaluki and watch out for the boys from Kaluki because they're going to be there all week at Goodwood they have great pitches head on over to them Ask him for the best price you can get. Ask him for an even bigger price. If you don't ask, you'll never know. Uh, watch out for Kaluki. They're there all week. If you can't take advantage of them in person, no worries. Sign up to the Kaluki Sportsbook. Uh, and you can ask them there for bigger prices too. They're not going to... They're really good people. They're lo- lovely people, but they're going to be like, oh, come on, Kennedy, we're getting inundated with requests for bigger prices the whole time. But listen, if you don't ask, you won't You won't know. Uh, Holloway Boy, 7-4. to four. Mysterious Night for Charlie Appleby and William Buick, 4-1. Uh, to one. They've got some interesting juveniles. Uh, Godolphin particularly one one at Ascot on Saturday. Uh, Dear My Friend, Charlie and Mark Johnston for with Franny Norton on board, 6-1. to one. And Dorna Castle, uh, a 13 to 2 shot for uh, Charlie and Mark Johnston as well. All right, seven furlongs, the vintage stakes. Good ground is the uh, current going at Glorious Goodwood. What have you got for us, Ben? All right, so 
The betting has been a very strong guide for this two contest. Um, the last 15 winners all started an SP of 9-2 to two or less. 19 of the last 20 started an SP of 6-1 to one or less. So, don't need to get too fancy. Uh, betting has been probably the best starting point to narrow the field uh, when looking for the, the likeliest winners of this race. Uh, Chesham Stakes winner, Holloway Boy, Looks very, very likely to start as favourite for this. No surprise. Winners of that uh, race to Chesham, they do often back up their wins. Uh, 11 of the last 24 Chesham Stakes winners won their next start. Four of them actually won this particular race. Um, he wasn't your standard winner of the Chesham, being the first winner in at least the last 26 years renewals to win the race on debut. Carl Burke, not one to fight in a ton of glorious Goodwood winners. He's actually only had two since 2004, but in his defence, he never actually sends that many to the meeting. Indeed, he had six at the meeting last year. He sends six to day one of the meeting this year. So clearly, and I've read this, he's going to the meeting in a bit more determined fashion this time around. He's, he's sending a bit of a battalion. Um, those two recent Goodwood winners that he did have or both two-year-olds, both coming off a break of three weeks or more. So, Holloway Boyle, uh, boy, two-year-old, coming off a break of more than three weeks. Burke knows how to get these ones ready. Um, I'm not really desperate to take him on, if I'm honest with you. The, yeah, the chess and form, it's not worked out yet. Zero from six, zero places from those that have run since. But again, Holloway Boy wasn't your standard winner of the race, he's probably going to come on leaps and bounds for that run. Um, he's a Ulysses Colt. The Ulysses Tiro Colts over seven furlongs and further. They've got some decent stats. 15 winners from 58 runners. 26% strike rate. 123 points profit to exchange SP. Winning place 29 from 58. 50% uh, winning place strike rate. So uh, the Ulysses kids they do well in these sort of uh, races, roughly these sort of races. Also noted that two-year-olds that won on their debut at Ascot then ran away from Ascot on their next start, over six or seven furlongs, um, and start in the top two in the market, they returned the following stats. 17 wins from 29 starts, which is a huge 59% strike rate. So, there is a lot in Holloway Bo- uh, Bay's favour. Holloway Boy. I don't know what I'm calling him Bay. Holloway Boy. Holloway Boy's favour on the stat side of things uh, from multiple sort of angles. So again, I'm not I'm not really overly keen to be taking them on, but of the others, mysterious night for Appleby and Buick. He's posted some decent speed figures so far in his three starts. Appleby and Buick, they've got some decent track stats when teaming up with two-year-old male horses at Goodwood. Nine winners from 17, 53% strike rate. Uh, It's over 21 points profit to exchange SP. Uh, They're winning 66% above expectation. Uh, He's a a dark angel colt, this one. Um, His offspring, his two-year-old offspring, they actually don't have the best overall record at Goodwood. They're actually only seven from 95, but... It does improve somewhat when you look at his male offspring nearer the head of the market. Uh, so those starting at five to one or less, they return six wins from 25 with a further 12 hitting the places. So rounding that up, it's 
Dark Angel male, two-year-old, two-year-old offspring at Goodwood to start at five to one or less. Seventy-two percent winning place strike rate. Mix that in with the Appleby and Buick stats I mentioned. You've got to think mysterious night. He's, he's got to be in the mix in this. Uh, it'll definitely be a, a bit of a challenge or a, a test for Holly Boy. Mark Johnson, he's got the next two in the market. He does like to fire something at this race. Uh, he's actually rarely been without a runner in the race since 2000. He's only managed to pick off three wins, though, in that period uh, from his 23 runners in that same sort of period from 2000. Not easy to know exactly what he's bringing to the table, but those three winners, all one last time out, all coming off a break of longer than two weeks. You apply those filters to those um, Johnson runners, you get three winners, three placed efforts from nine qualifiers. You want to squeeze it a little bit further, which a little bit dangerous. You, know, you don't want to overcook things, but the three winners and two of the three place runners warmed up at either Air, Pontefract, or York. So maybe, possibly, Dornick Castle won at Air last time out. Maybe the Johnson want to concentrate on? Possibly. Don't know. Um, and a completely unrelated Probably an interesting fact as well. Just find out. My in-laws are staying at Dornach Castle this week. <laughs> I mean, I know I'm not 16 anymore, so you know I'm, I'm not taking that as a sign from the betting gods, but they they might. They're not in a horse racing; they won't care. But um, yeah, Holloway boy, I, I, it's not going to be a, a betting race for me, I don't think. But I, I'm very very interested to see if Holloway boy can uh, he can back up that Ascot win. As I said, he's got a lot in his favour on the stat side of things. But it looks a hot enough race, you know. Um, and it's going to be a good test for him, however it shapes out. And as I said, you, you can make case for the other ones, um, especially those near the head of the market, which, as I said, usually gives you the winner of this race. So looking forward to it. May not have a bet in it, but yeah, good race. This, uh, interesting race on day one for sure. Yeah, a little bit surprised that Aidan O'Brien didn't send something. He had three horses entered and he pulled them all out on Sunday. Um uh, particularly when Little Big Bear has won uh, a nice group race at the Curra. He's had uh, a 1-2 in a group two in France, uh, headed by Blackbeard with the, the Antarctic finishing second. Um, uh, and he had options for this, but he's decided to, to take them all out of it. So the more I look at it, uh, and, and watching back the the Chesham, on paper it would be very easy to just dismiss Holloway Boy as a fluke winner. But he travelled so comfortably, so easily throughout that race. Uh, and, and Danny Tonehope, to me, I, I think Danny was just trying to get him placed. And suddenly, he just quickens up uh, ridiculously easily. And he was much the best on the day. Um, and you know, I'm sure that in, in Danny's mind, the only thing that he could hope for was a place. Before the race, you're on an unraced juvenile at the Royal Meeting. How is that horse going to win? And even the connections, the intention was to run, I think, was, was it Musselburgh they wanted to run him in? Uh, to, to get him a prep run. And, and they kind of just went for the for the crack and for the day in, in the end. And he's, he's run at a very convincing winner. Whether or not how much that form is worth, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't think... The Ballydoyle horse, the brother of the snowfall, I don't think Alfred Mullings, I don't think he ran particularly, I don't think he ran his race that day, maybe that's as good as he is, I, I don't think so. Um, but he he's a very, very exciting horse. 
I don't really want to take seven to four. Uh, no, no, I, I agree. The, the price is not something I want to take, uh, for sure. But it, like you, I want to see. I, 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 I'm with you. I don't think it's a fluke. I don't think that wins a fluke by any stretch. But I want to see it. I want, and I think this is a good, a good place for him for us to find out if that's you know, if if we're wrong, if it was a fluke, which we, I don't think it is. But yeah, I think it's a good place for him. It's it's, it's not an easy race. This, and if he can, if he does something similar, then my God, Burke's got a. He's got a decent horse there. Big time. Big time. And yep. these Ulysses are absolutely thriving as well, which was something Amy Lynham was predicting at the start of the season. So uh, we shall see. 7-4 uh, to four with Kaluki. Uh, some interesting stats, particularly about Carl Burke not having that many runners uh, at the meeting in the past. He's got six runners on day one this year, which is equal to the amount of runners he had last year for the entire meeting. So we'll, we'll see how that plays out. Uh, the three o'clock at Goodwood is the Whirlpool Lennox Stakes, brought to you by our good friends at the Tote. Um, shout out to Jamie and all the team. 7-4 uh, to four with Kaluki about Sacred, Tom Marquand for William Haggis, uh, Lucille, 4-1 to one for Richard Hannon and Pat Dobbs, after being third to Tenebrism, and second to Caribus, who of course is going to miss the meeting now. Uh, Pogo for Charlie Hills, and Kieran Schumark, a 5-1 to one shot with Ken Ross. Frankie Dettori, Rafe Becker teaming up again as six to one shot. Um, all right, my friend, what have you got for us? Uh, again, seven furlongs, but this time older horses. Yeah, Lennox Stakes. Okay, so one race trend stands out for me. Um, the last 20 winners were all officially rated 110 or higher coming into the race. Um, actually, 21 of the 22 renewals of this race have won by been won by a horse fisher aid 110 or higher. Uh, only Fath in 2001, he was rated lower at 108. Not exactly too much lower. But um, a strict application of that 110 or higher trend actually chops the field more uh, down to more than less than half, sorry, um, and leaves you with sacred Lucille Pogo, Kindross. And Lane Clash. I'm calling him Lane Clash. Don't know if that's what his given name is, but that's what I'm calling him. Don't ask me, mate. I'm, I'm more than happy no. to do that. Yeah, so Lane Clash. So Sacred, head of the market, absolutely get the appeal. Um, she was motoring at the end of that Platinum Jubilee over six furlongs. Step up, back up to seven, makes sense. Two from two there. Looks the right move to me. Um, I've got a stat to back this up as well. The record of Haggis and Marquand with female horses at Goodwood. 10 winners from 23. 43% strike rate. Um, but right now, 29 points profit uh, to level stakes. Winning place, 11 to 23. 48% strike rate. So, trainer and jockey combo. They get these types winning. Sacred's case, but it looks an obvious thorough one. But not really been missed by the market. Um, if looking for a little potential negative for her, if you any fancy taking her on, the record of exceeding Excel offspring over the seven furlong trip at Goodwood. And I think you'd say, well, we all we all know seven furlong is a special sort of trip, possibly even more so at Goodwood. Um, you know, if those stats are five winners from 79, 6% strike rate, 46% below expectation. Exceed and excel females over the Goodwood seven furlongs are zero from 21, three places. Um, couple beating at shortest prices as well in that data set. 
it's it's a small enough data set, you know, but um, it's probably more of a niggle than a dead set negative. But you know, it's it's short odds, it's something to consider. Maybe the exceed and excel spring don't quite enjoy seven furlongs at Goodwood. Um, but yeah, as I said, I I get the appeal with Sigrid. Um, Ken Ross, impressive winner last year, possibly a stronger renewal last year. Um, but that was run on soft ground. All her wins today have come on good to soft or softer or the old weather. Probably not going to get that there. Look, it's assuming the weather forecast is correct, which would be silly for us to assume, but um, it doesn't look like there will be cut, certainly not on day one. So, mm, not sure. Lucille ran a blinder in St. James Palace Stakes last time out. Race has been working out well. Four horses have run since. Three of one. Uh, the other one finished third at listed level. So, strong sort of form already. I'm probably a little surprised he's dropped him back to a mile though. Um, Back from a mile, sorry. Uh, I think he's got more offer at that trip. Um, also worth noting that although three-year-olds have a decent overall record in the race, they haven't actually won any of the last eight renewals. Fifteen have tried in that period. Uh, maybe a bit of a shift in the type of horse that wins this race. Again, I might be nitpicking there, but um, but it's certainly not been as strong for three-year-olds in very recent renewals. Pogo. I think he looks like the likely pace angle in this. I think there's a, a decent enough chance he can get his own way out front. Unless Clifford Lee uh, on Lord of the Lodge can get that one down from stall 11 to challenge for the lead. Won't be easy to do that, though. Um, out wide, Pogo's, whereas Pogo's drawn uh, closer to the rail. He's going to be able to bang out of stall 4 and just grab the rail and off he goes. Um, now obviously this race has used to suit hold up horses well recently has suited hold up horses but Pogo's been in absolutely binding form recently um, he's also been binding some consistent and high level speed figures as well in his last few starts so it's been backed up by by speed figures um, I use pro form speed figures in my gauge I've done for a very long time and for whatever for whatever reason so check Pogo's when you get a chance for whatever reason Someone has really clicked with him and he's, he's just been banging in high-level figures. So he could prove difficult to catch in this and he's got one-mile stamina in him. So, you know, if he bangs out of front, he's, he's probably not going to be struggling at the end. You know, he's, he's got stamina to burn as well. So Pogo interests me. Um, he is the top Milan speed Quash, figure for pro form in the race as well. Yeah, he is. If you look at his last four speed figures. He is... Honestly, he's been just banging them out. It's, as I say, I don't know what they've done if they're feeding them something different, but he's, he's, he's definitely, someone's clicked with him. Um, maybe they've promised after the CC and go off the stud, I don't know. But he's, 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 <laughs> he's certainly firing, firing out the, the figures. Um, where was that? Yeah, Lion Clash. Um, he, he's the other one that meets that rating band I mentioned for the race. First time headgear, that, that absolutely did the trick from last time out at Chester. That form's been boosted since. Um, second is one of viable class two handicap on Sunday. The third only went down by nose in a group three at Ascot on Saturday. So Lane Clash is, is very recent form. Looks strong. So yeah, sacred. I can see the appeal. Personally, I probably want to look a bit higher in the market and Pogo and Lane Clash would be the two that are high on my thinking at the minute. 
I'm a little bit surprised the Pogo's not outright second favorite. I can I can get the thing with Sacred and why she's as short as she is, but how Lucille is in front of Pogo, given the fact that he's beaten Lankesh, uh, and if you want to, you can bring in Ever Given as well, um, uh, and beaten him too uh, on his last two starts, and just been so good. I mean, he he took a I think he took a step forward from his performance at Haydock, where he's won by a nose. Uh, to to bury Sunray Major by even further and then win by by two lengths, I think he's a big player. He's a very big player. Oh, definitely. Yeah, and as I said, I think I think he should get the lead because I'm going to assume Clifford Lee on Lord of the Lodge. He should, you know, he's going to have to obviously gun it from still eleven of eleven to get anywhere near the lead. He's probably going to have to sit handy rather than go to the front. So you know, Pogo could just go off front and you know it's catch me if you can sort of thing. Mm. so yeah I think he's a player big player big big player yeah I completely agree with you and I think the 5-1 to one with Kaluki is more than fair it may very well be that he's unfashionable for one reason or another but I think that 5-1 to one is, is a big big price for a Pogo uh, and that is the 3 o'clock at Goodwood the Whirlpool Lennox Stakes which takes us to the feature race the 335, the Al Shakab Goodwood Cup, where Stradivarius will bid for his fifth win in the race, but he is a massive drifter in the market. He was as short as six to five. And no one wants him. All the way out to two to one. And now three to one with Kaluki Sportsbook. Uh, two to one about Trushan surely doesn't run. Never has run uh, on this kind of uh, a surface. Um he his form always has some kind of soft in it. So he did win uh, at Salisbury on on good ground when he beat Withhold, but now you're into Group One company, uh, and it would be odd if they if they allowed him to take his chance here. He's the winner of the race last year. It'd be great to have him there. And of course the the Gold Cup hero Kiprios, um, a seven to four shot with Kaluki Sportsbook. Raiden O'Brien and Ryan Moore. Andre Edsini takes over as uh, Frankie Dettori has been chucked off. Mutual decision. You're having a laugh, son. You're having a laugh. Bjorn Nielsen is is playing the political games publicly, but privately we all know he was absolutely seething with Frankie in the Gold Cup last year. Never mind this year. Uh, and thanks to John Gosden for clarifying that he did indeed tell him don't go up the rail. Don't get stuck on the rail again. Only for Frankie to go and do the exact same thing again. So uh, that's him done with him. Uh, Andre Zini, ice cool about this ride. Um, he was the one who won the Gold Cup, uh, the Goodwood Cup on him for the first two years of his successes in this race. Uh, so he's the right man to have on board. And Martin Dwyer was on TalkSport 2 with the, at the weekend. He was making the point during Royal Ascot that in, in his mindset, Frankie Dettori was just riding Stradivarius like it was a burden. Uh, and what they needed was a younger jockey who would be prepared to take a risk. It might have made a difference uh, at the Royal Meeting. Personally, I think Kiprios still pulls out more and wins, but he would have been second in my view. Um, and, and he's done so on him. So, Gold Cup form being put to the test here by Kiprios uh, and Stradivarius. Uh, back down to two miles. Uh, and fascinating that Ian O'Brien is even running a horse in this race because it's not always one they target. Um, and I think the 7-4... to four, is a bit of a gift. He was 11 to 10, uh, 7 to 4 currently with Kaluki, 2 to 1 Trushan, 3 to 1 Stradivarius. Um, right, let's get the uh, the statistical analysis from you and then get your, your form analysis, my man. 
Right, well, I'm, I'm with you. I think, I, I hope Trushan takes his place. Um, what he did at Newcastle on the plate, I mean, was mad. Outstanding. Great. Um, and I, I'd love to see him butt heads here with Kiprius and Stradivarius. Um, I, I think he might run. Um, I don't quote me in this. In, in standard modern-day world, I was flicking through my phone, saw something, something from Alan King saying they were looking to take their chance in the race, but in the modern world, I didn't go past the headline. So <laughs> um, I, I may, I'd probably shoot off before I came on here. But no, I think, you know, good ground. It's not good to farm. I'd be hopeful. I want to see him take the place. You know, um, I think having that three... I said barn heads in a good recovery would be great. Well, we will see. You know, it's far from a guarantee Trujan's going to run. Um, as you said, Atzeni replaces Frankie on Stradivarius. Atzeni's three from three in the horse. Um, the horse himself, four from four Goodwood, four from four in this race. Um, far from inconceivable that he wins as an eight year old either. Um, as Persian Punch won it as an eight year old and a ten year old. Calvary Man won the 2014 year renewal as a eight-year-old. But I guess the the difference being, I suppose, that the race wasn't a Group One when they won it; it was a Group Two. Um, but I start the mighty Stratovarius will need to overcome. Since 2003, 164 horses have lined up in a UK or Irish Group One race. Only four of them have managed to win. Four from 164 for the old boys and girls. Um, furthermore, if you ignore the proper speedsters, the five furlong ones, um, you look at the group ones run over six furlongs or further, look at the the older horses, um, eight-year-old and older, that is, um, you will find only two of 119 that have tried have won. Um, those winners being Cirrus Des Ogres, Eglis. I know the horse just can't say his name. You know, the like one that won the twenty. Yeah, uh, Cirrus Des Ongles. That's what he's getting tonight. Um, Hello. 2014, 2014 Coronation Cup winner. Um, and the one and only Yates when he won the 2009 Gold Cup. Legend. So, if anyone, I suppose, is going to join that very slight of horses, you know. It's probably going to be Stradivarius, especially here at Goodwood. But even at his drifting price, I don't need to be backing him to try and disprove that stat. You know, I'll watch, I'll applaud him like everyone else if he wins it. But, you know, he doesn't need to be carrying my money. <laughs> I just think he's susceptible now, regardless of who's riding him. You know, Frankie, Superman, Adzeni, whoever, take your pick, it doesn't matter. I think the horse is susceptible to the younger legs and those are relatively hefty older horse stats to try and overcome um, Cyprius 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 oh, this is a long day yeah, Cyprius this is going to be a long day I'm just going to say whatever comes out of my mouth okay. Cyprius <laughs> I was impressed um, yeah alright out of Brazil <laughs> well yeah well yep I don't drink as much as him anyway. Cyprius um, a legend yeah I was impressed yeah, I was I was impressed with my mascot. Um, like you, I I think you'd have kept on finding more, regardless of what was happening behind him to others. I think Kipris would have kept finding. Um, he was going to win that race, whatever was happening to others. Um, I like him, but one potential snag from here: the record of Galileo offspring at Goodwood over two mile plus trips. So. Two winners from 53 that have tried, 
4% strike rate. Ooh. 40 points. 40 points lost to your betting bank if you'd backed them all. You wouldn't have, but you know what I mean. Um, and they run 63% below expectation over the Goodwood two-mile-plus strips. Indeed, the last 50 have all been beaten. Irish Quest and Allegretto in 2007 were the last ones that were successful. So I was slightly surprised. I didn't know that start beforehand. It's maybe something about nothing, but two from 53, 4% strike rate, Galilee offspring at Goodwood over two-mile-plus trips. So... Caprius, he will have to defy that. I like the horse. He could do it, but it would probably stop me backing him. Um, so, yeah, I'm not going to be diving in with that in my mind. I'd rather see who's a Galileo that can perform over the staying Goodwood trips. Don't need to pay to find out. Um, so, top three in the market. Sushan's probably the one that I'm most drawn to. Holly Doyle gets on fantastically well with him. Seven wins and one second place finish from eight rides on him. The defeat came uh, less than a length to Japan, Aiden O'Brien, Japan, and uh, Trusham was giving him five pounds that day. So they clicked that too. Holly Doyle and Trusham, great record. I, I actually don't have an issue with him on good ground. Good to firm, I get it. Good, let him run, Alan King. Come on, let him run. We've got to see this. I want to see it. We all need to see it. Um, I think it'll be a great race to watch. So, Trushan be the one of the top three, should he line up, that interests me the most. Outside of the front three, I actually think Coltrane's in with a bit of a shout. So do I. Um, he, was, he was devastating last time at Sandown. Yeah. It was backed up by the Speedfires. He banged in a huge one. Um and he's clearly still got more offer. Like he's only had 13 starts. Right, he, he does. He needs to step on again. Like we, obviously, um, it's his first high above listed level. He's in uh, Group One level, but he's definitely a horse that's got more to give. He's he's on the improve. Um, you know, he had his career kind of stunted a little bit by an injury, but that's done him no harm. Clearly, he also enjoys these conditions. Um, if you look at him in the May to August period. On good to softer, quicker ground, he is first, first, second, first, 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 five wins from six, one place, and that's all of his five career wins. Um, he's, I, I think you've got to think he's going to need one or two to, to head the market to underperform, but you know, he could run into places at decent odds, I think. Um, he, he's probably a more interesting bet than one of the front three for me. So yeah, I like Coltrane. I think he's a horse with potential still. He's got his conditions. That speed figure he did last time out, you know, it was visually good, but it was backed up by the clock. Coltrane, getting up getting about him. Getting about that front three. He's 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 who I'd be looking at personally, from a punting perspective. Yeah, I think he's a very interesting runner and they they changed tactics. Uh, at Sandown, that he was held up, whereas he'd pressed at Chester. You could argue he was a little bit unlucky that day. I thought Cleveland was was a better horse. Cleveland continues his career now with uh, Joseph O'Brien having left Valley Doyle. Um, he was devastatingly impressive at, at, at Sandown, and, and he's a Royal Ascot hero as well. And yeah, it's a, it's a Royal Ascot race that is tends to be dominated by um, jump sources, but he was he was too good that day. Um, and there was an awful lot of confidence in bring on the night, and and Coltrane had way too much for him. 
and you only need one or two to, to underperform. Uh, like I'm not. There's a doubt in my mind about Trushan on the ground. Like what he did at Newcastle was impressive. Let's not get ahead of ourselves with greatest performance in flat racing history. Like, come on. Uh, I don't know who was in charge of the... Well, I was going to say, actually, who's in who was in charge of the Twitter account for the Racing Post that day, but then they went and wrote an article about it as well. Oh, he's he's achieved more in victory in the Nunthorpe Plate than he would have had he won the Gold Cup. Get off the stage! <laughs> no, he hasn't! It's great, and it's terrific he won, and it's brilliant for Holly Doyle, and it's great for Alan King, and Alan King seems to be much more interested in the flat than he is in jumps racing now, and that's that's terrific, and he's a great racehorse. But come off the stage. The Gold Cup is the Gold Cup. You win that race, you're a legend. It was a handicap. Great performance, but don't be codding yourselves. Um, but Coltrane is, is coming there all the time. He's just improving, and that performance at Sandown was absolutely stunning. Um, I wouldn't sleep on Princess Zoe either, but she does need to do it. That was bitterly disappointing in the Gold Cup. Uh, and Tony Mullins was, was bullish about her. So look, I think Kiprios wins. Personally, um, but I'll be playing the forecast with Coltrane. I think he's the one that that could boost the the profits, and that's how I'll play it. But for you, you think Trushan is the most likely winner, uh, and if he's not there, oh, I, I'm not sure he's the most likely winner. It's um, Kiprius. I would have said Kiprius until I uncovered those Galileo stats, and they they worry me. But he's a very good horse. But um, I just I, I just want to see Trushan. I want to see him in the mix. I want him to see him running. I, I want to see what he's got in this race against those guys. Um, but yeah, I suppose if it gone to my head, yeah, I'd side with Trushan. Okay. Of of the front three, but Coltrane's my my one. I'll be actually betting. All right. So the money's going down on Coltrane, but of the the three at the top of the betting, Trushan, you're siding for. Kiprios is my idea of the winner, and um, uh, Coltrane for the for the forecast potentially. Uh, an each-way swing as well. We'll switch to Wednesday. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, price line. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. And the Whispering Angel Oak Tree Stakes Group 3, where Heredia for Richard Hannon and Sean Levy is 9-2 to two currently with Kaluki. Uh, same price with Soft Whisper for Said Bin Soror. Uh, Marco Gianni on board. Bounce the Blues. Andrew Balding, David Probert is 8-1. to one, And benefit for Clive Cox and Ryan Moore, a 9-1 to one shot. Uh, we're back at the seven furlongs. What's your take on this race, my friend? Right. Okay. A 17-runner race run over the seven furlongs at Goodwood. So we got to look at the impact of the draw. Simply have to. Let's go. Um, since 2012, 
seven furlong races at Goodwood with 14 or more runners, but ignoring two-year-old races because you can get a wide range of abilities in them. So when I'm looking at these sort of things, I'll be kind of just chop out the two-year-old races and you get a better, more accurate picture. So since 2012, seven furlong races at Goodwood, 14 or more runners. There have been 34 such races. 11 have been won by those drawn in quarter one. So uh, when I'm saying quarter one, let's say a 20 runner race, quarter one would be stalls one to five, quarter two would be stalls six to ten, etc. So 34 races, 11 have been won by those drawn in quarter one, 15 have been won by those drawn in quarter two, four have been won by quarter three, and four have been won by quarter four. I'll round that up. 26 of those 34 races have been won by a horse drawn in the bottom half of the draw. So a huge 76% of those races have been won by a horse drawn in the bottom half. Now, clearly I'm not saying you cannot win from the top half, but it's tricky, it's difficult. Um, and if we're looking at an out of the field in using the draw, this is a very good one to do, and yeah, it's a good starting point bottom half. I want something in the bottom half. The pace, less clear. Stats say you can win from any position. Clearly, you need a bit of luck if you're held up. But um, hold up horses regularly win these types of big field seven furlong races at Goodwood. So, don't be put off by a hold up horse. Um, thankfully, we've got final declarations at the time of this recording. So, I will be concentrating on those drawn nine or less. Um, again, you can win from the higher numbers, but I'm playing the percentages, um, and that suggests your best looking lower, or at least lower half. Um, indeed, if you look at this specific race, only one horse has won from the top quarter of the draw in the last 1,500 years, and that came in a year when there were only nine runners. So, wide wasn't really inconvenienced there. So this race itself also backs up those the wider stats. Um, on the race trends front, 14 of the last 15 ran in a Class 1 non-handicap contest last time out. And you also don't want anything that's been to the well too often. 14 of the last 15 had no more than 13 UK or Irish career starts. There might be a couple of had a few more runs abroad, but Generally, 13 or less UK or Irish career starts. So some of you have, you know, not too many miles on the clock. Um, also worth noting, French riders have won three of the last seven, the last of which was ridden by Frankie de Torre, Al Jazzy in 2017. Um, and they've got one horse going to war from this year, Sam- Samaram, ridden by Frankie de Torre, drawn in the bottom half. Won a listed race last time out, Although I have to say it's hard to, to correlate the form. The face of it, I'm not sure she's been too much so far. But again, it, it's hard to fully assess without knowing the French form in depth. I, I certainly would not be an area of expertise for me. Um, but she's, she's, done, she's not done much wrong so far in her defence. And I said, the French have won this three times in the last seven. One of them was with Frankie on board. Got to be given a chance Personally, the one I'm drawn to is George Bohe trained Oscula, mm. drawn in stall number two. Now, she only ran on Saturday. Uh, she finished a close second, but 
Bowie does have a fine record with horses he returns to the track within three to five days of the last run, especially on turf um, and with ones that won or were beaten no more than two lengths last time out, like Oscula. With those types, he is nine winners from 12 qualifiers, one of the other ones hitting the places. Um, I'll caveat to that, none of those races were near the level of this contest. But in general, he can get his horses firing off a short break. And given this filly, is, she's often quite free in her races. So I'm starting to wonder, are they hoping that recent run maybe just knocked a bit of the freshness out of her? You know, she maybe settled a bit better here. Um, she has run off a five-day break previously. She won that race. Um, her record of breaks of 14 days or less reads second, third, second, third, first and first. So she can do off a, a short turnaround. She's got the draw. Um, Bowie does well with these quick returners. So yeah, she's she's the one that interests me the most. Oscula, I think she's double figures at, at the time of recording. Twelve to one with Kaluki Sportsbook right now, and that was a cracking run at Ascot on King George Day. Um, she she looked like she had the race won. Uh, and I, I'd say Buick thought he had the race won as well until Holly Dola came sweeping down the outside for the photo finish, which thankfully I called and called correctly because I'd imagine it's pretty embarrassing if you call uh, call a horse. We've seen it happen before where a broadcaster goes, oh, uh, Oscula's won. Uh, thankfully, I didn't do that. I, w- I went with Jumpy. And then the, the, more it, the more Martin Dwyer started talking about the more I was like, uh-oh. Uh, only to go, phew, uh, jumpy's won. But um, Buick must have thought he had that race wrapped up uh, when she swept yeah, into yeah. the lead. And it was it was a terrific ride from him, a terrific ride from Holly Doyle to get uh, Jumpy up. But I'm very intrigued with um, Oscula as well. Uh, the Shadwell horse that Jim Crowley's going to partner, uh, Ali Aya, Ali whatever. Look, you're going to sure, butcher pronunciations, yeah. I'll butcher them as well. Um, I thought she was interesting on a on a short profile and I wasn't aware of those stats beforehand but um, she was intriguing to me she's 16s haven't been pushed out from 10s and she's coming out of stall 9 so draws in her favour she's unexposed she looks back in form uh, look, she was disappointed behind in spiral at Sandown but she's won at Doncaster and been second at Newmarket since then um, that pace that, that draw analysis is fascinating that's really interesting particularly given how the market is is really favouring horses who are in double-figure draws, so hopefully we can take advantage of that. Um, we'll move on to the 3 o'clock uh, at Goodwood. It's going to be a flying five furlongs, and Rocket Rodney uh, is currently your favourite for the Mulcombe Stakes at 5-4. to four. Um, He'd been second to Little Big Bear at Ascot and then won at Sandown. Uh, Wallbank for David Lucknan and Russell Ryan is 3-1. to one. Eddie's Boy, an 11-2 shot in Studio City for Michael O'Callaghan and Ryan Moore for Al Shakab Racing is a 13-2 to two shot. Ben Aiken, take it away. Right, so, yeah, another two-year-old race. Um, again, it does seem to pay to side with the market in this one. 14 of the last 50 winners started at an SP of 8-1 to one or less. Um, 14 of the last 15 winners and 37 of the 44 winning place horses started at an SP of 8-1 to one or less. So it's kind of another race is tilted towards single figure sort of horses um, those that start at a bigger price than that, one winner from 98 seven places, 
can be done, but it it does favour those nearer the head of the market. Race trends, little thin on the ground, actually, you know, two-year-old race, although 13 of the last 15 recorded a top three finish on Racecourse debut. So you're wanting something that kind of started well. Um, so if you apply those two trends, the, the price trend and the top three on start, actually leaves you with Rocket Rodney, Wallbank and Eddie's Boy. Also the top, the current three at the head of the market. Um, I thought Eddie's Boy looked good when winning the Super Sprint last time out, but also worth noting that only four of the 23 Super Sprint winners that won, uh, where they uh, won next to out backed up their win in the Super Sprint. So it's not always the easiest race to back up with a win straight off the bat, uh, which means I'm kind of left staring at Rocket Rodney and Wallbank. And I'll be honest, I don't have a huge opinion on this race. Um, wouldn't be a race I'm too enthused about getting involved in. Um, I, I, two-year-old race is not always my bag, but just nothing stand out to me in this. I think the market has it right, if I'm honest with you. Um, but it's just generally a, a cue for me to not bet on it. I was interested in Eddie's boy for Holly Dolan and Archie Watson. Um, I don't... I'm a little bit like yourself in that I don't know if I want to be getting overly stuck in uh, to this race, but uh, I was impressed with what Eddie's boy did um, last time out. I, I thought it was it was a really smart performance at Sandown. He he ran a, a cracker at, at um, uh, sorry at Newbury. He ran a cracker at Sandown behind Rocket Rodney as well. He obviously has to turn the form around with him there. Um, uh, and he'd run a, a fine race behind Little Big Bear at the, at the Royal Meeting. So he, he's danced a lot of dances. There is a slight concern in the back of my mind about having had so many races uh, and, and particularly having a third race in the month of July, if that's going to take anything out of him. But he looks tough. And at 11-2, to two, he's probably going to be the, the horse I go with. 5-4, uh, to four, but Rocket Rodney is, is quite short, but... I wouldn't put I wouldn't put anybody off um, if if that's what's going to float your boat right. The three thirty five at Goodwood is the Qatar Sussex Stakes with the highest rated horse in training right now and arguably the best horse in training. Uh, Bayid, who's going to go to York for the Jumont International, which is fascinating, and his task has gotten easier for the Sussex Stakes with the news that Caribus will miss this race, which does take a little bit of the fun out of it. Um, he is going to be taking on last year's winner, Alcohol Free, uh, horse he beat last time out in Order of Australia, uh, who's gone on to win since, uh, 11-1, to 1, the Breeders' Cup mile winner. Um, unusual for two unusual horses at Ballydoyle this year, a six-year-old full horse in Broome and a five-year-old full horse in Order of Australia. They don't always have those, um, Highland Reel obviously being the exception. Uh, Modern Games, uh, 20s for Godolphin. Uh, he'll have to sob for uh, for Caribus, and then you've got Chindit, who was a winner at Ascot last time out in the Summer Mile, uh, and is a twenty-eight to one shot. How far does Bayid win by, mate? Well, he could probably start on Friday and still win the race. <laughs> I, it's, he's, he's he's not. I, I mean, he wins unless something goes wrong. I think it's as simple as that. Um, I also have no intention of backing him. I have no intention of going against him. He wins, um, and we can all just sit back and watch him do his stuff. I, I have had a look at the trends. Um, I wanted to see if there was maybe something pointing towards playing 
something else each way. Although, again, seven goal post, limited appeal. I guess you could look at playing uh, without Bayed markets, etc. Um, 15 of the last 50 winners finished top three last time out, as did 32 of the 34 winning place horses. So you're, you are looking for something that comes in in some good form. Doesn't knock out many this year, but uh, 14 of the last 50 winners and 31 of the last 34 winning place horses were rated 115 plus. Thins it down a bit more. Uh, 14 of the last 50 winners and 31 of the last 34 winning place horses had previously won a UK or Irish group race. So maybe last year's winner, alcohol free to chase on Baid. Maybe um, she actually fired in a clear best speed figure last time out when winning the July Cup. Um, so she's clearly in bouncing form. Ultimately, so it's, it's Baid to lose. Nothing we've seen to date, I mean, really suggests there's anything unlikely, surprising to be happening here. Let's just watch him go and strut his stuff. Yeah, he's just a horse to enjoy. Uh, can we stop with the Frankel comparisons, please? Thanks very much. That'd be great for everybody. Um, I mean, by all means, you can say he's the most important horse in racing since Frankel, but he's not Frankel. Uh, and it's going to be a long time before any horse can, can replicate anything even approaching what he did. He's extremely talented, but four Group 1s to Frankel's 75. Uh, yeah, no thanks. And uh, I also have little interest in, in backing him at 11-2 to two on, but I also have very little interest in taking him on. Um, and if I was going to yeah. take him on, alcohol-free would be that horse because uh, the speed-favoring mile that defending champion from last year um, and, and that speed figure did jump out at me that she clocked last time out I, I was a little bit surprised I, Paul Jacobs and I reviewed that race on the final furlong uh, after the July Cup and I, I was a little bit surprised that they committed to coming here because she was so good uh, in sprinting company that I, I was almost tempted to, to say well shouldn't you just stick with that now um, but a speed favouring mile may very well suit her and it, it has kind of fallen apart in terms of Opposition, uh, Order of Australia, maybe. I mean, if you wanted to put a few quid on him, uh, I wouldn't put anybody off, but he should just absolutely murder them. Um, right, we're on to Thursday, and the Richmond Stakes, uh, Group 2, where Tom Clover and Luke Morris will team up with al Kahar. Um Do we have betting? Do we have betting? Has it been taken away? It may very well have been, you know. Uh, the rich one. Yeah, the betting has suddenly vanished. All right. Well, just take it on then, uh, man. Yes, just, you're right. Just yeah. take it on. Uh, okay. Um, well, unfortunately, the betting's gone because, yep, it's a two-year-old contest, but market's a decent enough guide. Um, I'll be honest with you, the market and trends, not something I overly look at, but it does seem to be quite a standout in these two-year-old contests at, um, at Goodwood. So we'd be foolish not to mention it. Um, last 50 winners all started at single-figure SP. All were coming in off a break of 20 to 45 days. All ran over a straight five or six furlongs last time out. Um, I did look at this race when there was bang, but I agree it has disappeared. Um, it gives a positive to Crispy Cat, who I think... It's fair enough to say. Didn't stay six furlongs with the railway stakes at Curragh last time out. Yeah. No, no major surprise there. Um, offspring of his sire, 
Ardad are much better over five furlongs than six furlongs. Uh, they have a strike rate of 18% over five furlong trips compared to a strike rate of 8% over six furlongs six furlong trips. Indeed, you look at the offspring of Ardad over six furlongs on ground slower than good to firm, you get a 5% strike rate. So I think that last run of Crispy Cat easily, um, easily ignored, forgiven, sorry, rather than ignored. And I would expect to see a much, much better run now back over far, five furlongs. He's probably the one that interests me the most, I think, um, as things currently stand. I think this is only entry. No, it's not his only entry. He's got a few entries down the line, looking at it, but it's only entry at Goodwood. Um, so he's he is in, in, in the Phoenix, age. and he's in the, yeah. uh, the gym crack as well. So, yeah, he's got, I mean, they clearly still think very highly of him, rightly so. And as I said, easily excusable last run. Um, yeah, I, I'd expect a much, much better run from him here. He's the one Asting stand. Crispy Cat he interests me the most. Yeah, and uh, Keir Gibrakim, his owner, was absolutely furious with what happened at the Royal Meeting. And yeah. Not rightly so. Um, yep, yep. That was pretty brutal now what happened with the, the Riddler was a real villain that day. <laughs> absolutely. Where, where's that? Yep. There we go. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, uh, look, I, I wouldn't put anybody off Crispy Cat. I think he's he's a very, very intriguing runner. Uh, the betting's also gone for the Group 3 John Pierce Racing Gordon Stakes, by the way. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. So we're just going to have to flow along with this one. Take it away, my man. Okay. So, uh, Gordon Stakes, it's not actually a race I find to be overly strong race trends front. So, not one of those races I'll be relying heavily, if, if at all, to be honest with you, on that score. But... When I was looking at it, New London was mm. heading the market for Charlie Appleby. Um, they head back over one mile four for the second time uh, after he bombed out in that Chester Vaz on his first try to trip. Uh, he was beating us a 4-11 to 11 odds on favourite that day. So my question is, that's been flown about for me, did he not stay? Did he not just handle the track, Chester? Or did he just bump into a better horse and change the guard? Uh, he's gone on. 
personally. Possibly, you know. He's gone on to finish fifth in the Derby. Um, he then won the King Edward or Royal Ascot. Yep. So I don't have a massive opinion on New London about that stay or not stay. It's something that he's factored in, though. Um, there is still a potential he he didn't stay. I'd be surprised, but, you know, it's... I think when I was looking at this race, he was... It must have been somewhere around 2-1. I can't remember, but relatively short. Definitely heading the market. Um, a bit further down the betting at the time was Simon Christopher trained West Wind Blows. Now, I noted him when he posted, again, speed figure. He posted a big speed figure when winning the Glasgow Stakes. Glasgow Stakes at Hamilton a couple of weeks back. Um, he ripped the field apart that day. Um, put his Derby disappointment firmly behind him. I also noted that offspring of his sire, Teofilo, they've got a, they've got a particularly good set of stats at Goodwood uh, since 2015, especially over one mile, three furlongs or further, and with horses that are near nearish to head the market. So around about 701 sort of in lower area. Um, the stats for those kids are 11 winners from 27 for a 41% strike rate. They return almost 24 points profit. Win in place, they are 20 from 27 for a 74% strike rate. So that's they win 70% more than expected. So that's uh, Teofilo kids at Goodwood, one mile three or further, SP sort of 7 to 1 or less. So 74% win and play strike rate. Um, Simon Crisford himself, he's got an excellent record of his last time out winning three-year-olds in the June to September period, especially with those that return within 20 days of the last run. 18 winners from 44 qualifiers for 41% strike rate, 36 points profit. So West Wind blows. Um, I would say he'd be ready to fire here. Probably where my thoughts are right now in this race. West Wind Blows. West Wind Blows uh, for Simon and Christopher with James Doyle on board. Um, it's boring, but New London for me. Um, I, I, they, they thought he was the leading contender for the Derby for Godolphin. Uh, and in the end, they didn't have a runner. Um, and I wasn't that surprised he was beating it at Chester. I really fancy changing at the guard. But I, I suspect that they've just got him back on track now. Uh, and he's probably ready for a return to, to 12 furlongs. Um, just on a side note, a couple of horses who have switched stables and are, are making their, their debuts for, for new connections. Joseph O'Brien's got Sussex now, uh, the ex-Coolmore and Aidan O'Brien horse, and uh, Huya Mal, the Derby runner-up, switches to George Bowie, uh, with Ryan Moore taking over, uh, having left Andrew Balding. So we'll, you'll get to see those horses uh, with the Melbourne Cup as the overall aim. All right, we do have betting for the feature race, thankfully. Uh, the Qatar NASA stakes, uh, 3.35, where Nashua is 13-8 to 8 on for John and Thady Gosden, uh, with Holly Doyle, of course, in the saddle. Uh, her husband, Tom Marquand, will be on board. Lalek Road, William Haggis, 11-2 to 2 with Kaluki Sportsbook. Um, Aidan O'Brien still has Concert Hall in here at 11-1, to 1, and Dream Loper for Ed Walker and Kieran Schumark is a 7-1 to 1 shot. Mile 2, uh Classic horses taking on older horses. It's the NASA stakes. Talk me through it, my man. Okay, so three-year-olds, they have been shading this recently. Ten of the last 15 have won by a three-year-old. Seven of the last ten have gone to a three-year-old. Nashua heads the market. Three-year-old stats are a positive for her. Um, I am at the minute just questioning the form of that Oaks, though. 
she finished third third in it. So excluding herself, ignoring Nashua, the rest of the field, they have run 12 times between them. They've won none. They've placed twice. They've finished unplaced 10 times. So she is either an exception to others, was the best horse in that race, and just didn't stay, or the form simply isn't up to much. You know, either option is viable right now. I don't know what the answer is. I would maybe be siding on it's not that strong an Oaks. But ultimately, four to seven, I can happily leave her. I'll let her tell us what the answer is, you know. I'll let her tell us, was she the exception in that race and the best horse in it? Just didn't stay. Is the form rubbish? I don't know. But I ain't backing her to four or seven to find out. Um, I like her, don't get me wrong. I actually do like her. I actually backed her in the Oaks. Um I'd be pretty sure she didn't stay. I think that's the general consensus. But I'll admit, even if she didn't stay, it could still mean the form of the race is not up to much. So we'll see. I think it'll be a, a good indicator of where she's at. She could be the exception I want to see. Uh, Lilac Road, next in the betting. Now, I think she's a viable alternative to the favourite. Uh, she would fit the Haggis Marquand Goodwood angle that I mentioned earlier which was Haggis Marquand, female horses of Goodwood, 10 winners from 23, 43% strike rate. Also, she has good form over the trip, two wins from five in two places. She also runs well off a break, uh, form of second, first, second, first, and fifth of breaks of 31 days or more. So she's one of those ones that likes a bit of time between her races. Um, she would be my alternative at this stage to Faith I I much prefer to back her than go anywhere near the odds on of Nashua it's not a race I'm as keen to bet on until you started talking about Lilac Road and the way that you did um, and I, I, look it's worth pointing out that Nashua won a classic in France so she was taking on her own age group indeed so that's another thing to, to point out about that Oaks form now maybe Maybe she is the exception. Maybe it turns out that Tuesday is actually a really good horse, um, and she just didn't didn't fire in in the Irish Derby. Um, but right now yep, that yep. Irish Derby looks awful. It looks rubbish. Um, and, and so I would be I would be looking elsewhere. And uh, Lilac Road, very very intriguing one. Right, uh, let's switch to Friday, my friend, and the two twenty five. Our staying in group company. Uh, group three thoroughbred uh, stakes. Uh, we've got a thirteen to eight favorite in Bayside Boy for Roger Varian. William Buick and William Knight team up with Check and Challenge horse. I really like two to one shot. Berkshire Shadow, Andrew Bowling, Jason Watson is eleven to four, and uh, Lisale, who we've already talked about, is in there as well. And the betting obviously goes elsewhere. Uh, a lot of horses who are double entered here. So let's get your your thoughts, my friend. Uh, are, is the favourite the one that you're particularly keen on over the mile? I know you're going to have some very interesting stats for us about the the uh, the Golden Mile a little later on, which I'm, I'm fascinated to hear, but uh, take me through the, the Group 3 Thoroughbred Stakes mile. Well, I, th- I think you've, you've hit the nail on the head. It's, there's multiple, there's horses with other entries, but um, the last 10 renewals, they've all been at Group 3 level, so that's what I went digging to compile some race trends. Uh, there was also a dead heat in one of those 10, so 10 renewals and 11 winners, so I'm not going mad with the stats. Um, those 11 winners all passed the following trends. 
all had between 2 and 11 previous starts. All had their last run between 21 and 90 days previous. All had previous one over seven, at least seven furlongs. Um, all had previously run over at least one mile, but no further than one mile and a half of furlong. And all had won one of their last four UK and Irish starts. So, um, again, few in the race that are entered elsewhere. It's actually hard to get a grip on the race. Mm. I don't have I don't have any massive opinion on that. It's um, but hopefully those trends will point listeners to the winner or some sort of shortlist that they can compile. Um, yeah, I don't have a, I don't have an opinion on it. There's just I don't know. There's at least three, maybe that are going elsewhere. They may also turn up here. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't. You know, thoroughly enthused about back in Bayside Boy at thirteen to eight. Yeah, so no, not yeah. me neither. Um, um, check and challenge would be the pick, but I mean he's even short enough uh, at two to one. But he would be yeah. a, a tentative pick. Moving on dot org uh, to a race where you're going to blow our minds. Well, this is what you well, promised me anyway. You've promised me. This. I did. So I, I did. And I'm getting this info along with you. By the way, I don't know. Uh, so the Golden Mile handicap Kaluki go five to one about Noble Dynasty for Godolphin. Uh, this one trained by Charlie Appleby with William Buick on board. Uh, Sideman Soror uh, represents Godolphin as well with Shining Blue, 11 to 2. Jimi Hendrix for Rafe Beckett is a 7 to 1 shot. Uh, Montesab, William Haggis and Tom Mark won 15 to 2. And uh, Shinjari for Harry and Roger Charlton. Kieran Schumark on board, 11 to 1. Blow our minds, son. Okay, so big field round the Goodwood one mile trip. We absolutely have to concentrate on the draw, right? Notebooks at the ready. So, I'm looking at the last 20 renewals of this specific race. 13 of the last 20 have been won by a horse drawn in the first quarter of the draw. A whopping 65% of winners were drawn in the first quarter of the draw. Five of the 20 renewals have been won by a horse drawn in the second quarter of the draw. 25% of winners have come from that, that second quarter. A paltry two winners were drawn in the third quarter of the draw. 10% of winners from there. Now, as you've been counting, you'll know the top quarter of the draw has produced zero winners. Nothing from the top quarter of the draw has won the Golden Mile Handicap in the last 20 renewals. In summary... 18 of the 20 winners were drawn in the bottom half of the draw. So a massive 90% of winners were drawn in the bottom half. The bottom quarter alone accounting for most of them. Um, so you find your horse drawn in the top half, um, you're going to want plenty else in your favour. It's going to have to be a handicap blot of the century. Um, if you fancy one in the top quarter, yeah, you better pray for a miracle. Let's be honest. That's it's you know it's not happening. Um, Even the, so the yeah. last ten renewals of of the race, uh, stall eight, stall nine, uh, and stall thirteen were, were winners. But after that, you're looking at five, one. Uh, apologies, one has, has one has evaded me. Um, yeah, here we go. Uh, we are in five, one. Three, 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 two, five. 
I mean that it's that tells probably you an awful one lot. of the it's probably one of the strongest uh, individual race um, draw biases on the calendar. Obviously, you've got track biases over certain distances that are strong, but for an individual race, it's mad. It's crazy. So you want to be um, at least nine under. You want to be from from stalls one to nine, uh, and, and as you said, really, you don't want to go much higher than that. Um, and if if you are going to hope for a Wentworth to win from thirteen, then you know, good luck to you. You want to be compensated yeah. with a good price, basically. Yeah, yeah. As I said, I mean, racing and racehorses have a long history of making us punters look like mugs. Oh, hundred percent. You, you know what I mean? So someone from the widest stall that is. Twenty pounds above its handicap mark will probably win. That's not, it's, you know, but um, you know, it racing like it nothing or anything is really black and white. But I mean, these are strong, strong draw stats. Um, if someone happened to win from the top half, you know, I'll take it on the chin. But I could, I really would need some serious, serious positives to be considering anything in the top half of the draw. Um, it is just. I don't know off the top of my head of an individual race that has stronger draw trends than that. There may be something, don't get me wrong, but I always look forward to this race every year because I know these stats and it's, it's, it's a great way to narrow the field. It, it, you know, the, the stats back it up. Um, but I also, there's also race trends that are quite strong for the race. I'll go back to my standard 15 years for the, the race trends side of things. Um, 15, the last 15 winners, they all have been four and 10 starts in the last year, 365 days. So you are sort of battle hardened enough, but not too battle hardened, you know. Um, 14 of the last 15, uh, they had no more than three previous handicap victories on their CV. So they don't want to have shown absolutely everything. And 13 of the last 15 were age 3, 4, or 5. So again, you're looking so an unexposed young, youngster had a certain decent amount of runs in the past year and has a draw in the bottom half. Boom, there's your winner. Obviously, we don't know the draw just now, so unfortunately, can't really uh, narrow that down. But on the trainer front, Mark Johnston, he has won, how many has he won? Three renewals since 2009. Um, anything he sends to that race that finished first or second last time out has returned a form line of first, second, fourth, first, first, and 15th. So three winners from six qualifiers, two others hitting the frame. Uh, he has... So Austrian theory, am I getting that wrong? No, Austrian, yeah, not Australian. Austrian theory, uh, he would fit those stats if he gets a decent draw, potentially one of interest. Uh, Roger Charlton, potentially interesting as well. The last 15 years, he has only sent four horses to this race. They finished second, fourth, first, and first. Now, he hasn't actually had any runner since 2011. Um, but he does have two entered at the five-day stage, Sinjari and King Zane. So potential horses of interest. I would have liked him to have 
a few more recent runners in the race. But hey, maybe he's been waiting since 2011 to have the perfect horse. I don't know for this race. Um, so that would be the two interesting trainer sort of angles. Ultimately, I can't really make any call on this race until I see the draw. I, you yeah. know, I could I could set my stall out and it's drawn in the car park or whatever the equivalent is in Goodwood. Um, so yeah, I did. I have to wait until that, that draw is made and then I can get serious with it. So, yeah, watch the draw, people. Given Ryan Moore's record in the race, I wonder what kind of a market move there'll be for the Turpinator if he's drawn five or lower. Uh, he's currently mm. 14s with Kaluki. Um, and I'm I constantly, uh, when, when I think of Goodwood, I always think of uh, Franklin D, who unfortunately uh, passed away after the race, but he he was one of the biggest handicap gambles ever. And that is not an exaggeration. He kick-started Ryan Moore winning it three times in a row, and he came out of stall one. So uh, another example of wanting a, a good low draw. But that's some great insight uh, from you, my friend. And um, Mark Milligan can pick up the ball and uh, give us the, the final selection for the race on, on Thursday. But... That is some some very, very useful info for us. Uh, the King George Qatar Stakes, Group 2. Uh, best look to the, the horse watchers. They've got Rasil, who is the 72 favourite, as we record. James Doyle on board with Kaluki Sportsbook. Uh, Mit Bai for Roger Varian and David Egan. A 4-1 to one shot, equilateral, 11-2. Luzeli, 11-2, not to be confused with Lucille. Uh, and Romantic Proposal. I'd love to see this horse that over for Eddie Lynham. Uh, she did not do her just her, her form uh, justice at all last time out in the uh, July Cup, where she was tenth, beaten seven and a half lengths behind Alcohol Free. She's much better than that. And uh, if she was to to go over here, I'll, I'll find out from Sarah uh, if she goes over uh, back to five furlongs. I think she'd be a, a really interesting contender, and she'd be my pick. Catamosto uh, is entered for Aidan O'Brien, but was disappointing last time out. Only beaten two and a half lengths. Uh, behind Ladies Church, to be fair, but we'll see. Um, what's your your view on the King George Qatar stakes, my friend? Right, so the last 12 renewals have been at Group 2 level, so that's what I went digging for the trends. Um, all 12 winners, last run between 16 and 45 days. 12 from 12 winners, no headgear, no tongue tie. Uh, those that did run in the race wearing headgear or tongue tie. Zero from 53. Mm. Don't know if there's in that. Possibly. Maybe you don't want, you want a very straightforward horse to be winning this. Possibly. Uh, 11 of the 12 winners rated 107 plus. So it, it does play to the hands of the higher rated runners in the race. And 11 of 12 had won or placed on one of the last two starts. So you want some solid form on very recent starts um, not a race again not a strong opinion on it because I, I like to see I like to see where the pace is on the straight track races I like to see where the pace is housed and when the final desk comes through obviously you get a picture of that um, again you could pick one and it's drawn the opposite side to the pace and it's got nothing to run against and you're screwed. Mm. So, um, yeah, I, I, those, again, those trends will maybe help some listeners sort of narrow the field when the final decks come out. 
Um, and then I'd be looking at where the pace horses are and how the race is going to sort of shape up. Um, but we won't know that until till final decks. So, yeah, I've, I've, I've no opinion on that race right now. The only view I have is that the horse who was runner-up in, in it last year and was runner-up behind the favourite for this year is too big at 16s if his form is back and he's been given a 41-day break, and that's Dragon Symbol. I did look at Dragon Symbol. I, I, kind of, I would I agree to a certain degree, yeah. Um, he's interesting at the price. He's put, um, in, he's put in two howlers uh, at York where he's been beaten 12 lengths and, and then at the Royal Meeting where he's been beaten nine and a half. But the, the run at Haydock behind Rassio uh, where he was favourite, that was a solid effort. And if Varian now has a real handle on him after he was moved from Archie Watson to him, then I think he's more than capable of, of running a big, big race. I think he still holds... Does he hold some interest in entries? Or am I speaking I rubbish? Right. No, no, he does, yeah. I was looking at him, and he's, they still got Group 1 entries for him. So they must think there's still something there. Um, he's got quite a lot of entries, to be honest with you. Yeah. Past the past cool. this race. Coolmore Nunthorpe, which we're giving away tickets for the Coolmore Nunthorpe Day at York. So we'll give you details how you can win that. That comes up uh, next week, thanks to the good team at York, so we'll, we'll give you details how you can win that. He's in the the uh, Betfair Sprint Cup at Haydock. He's in the Flying Five at the Curra um, for our Champions Weekend. Yeah, and, and you have to be kept in those races. It's not just that he's been in it since the start of the season. They, they've all come back up and they've kept them. They've kept him in those races. So Roger Varian must be happy with them at home. Um, and, and look, sprinters are fickle. If you change a sprinter from one stable to another, it's not always going to work out instantly. Sometimes it does, and, and the trainer looks like a genius. Sometimes it takes them a while to, to get a handle on him, um, as is clearly the case here. But after a 41-day break with two bad runs and one good one in between, the 16s is, is more than enough for me to, to, to suffice. I'd probably... He'd be my pick now for sure. Um, romantic proposal I'm very interested in, but I just don't know if she goes. If she does run, then she's she's very intriguing. But mm. Mm. Um, Shall we jump to the, the Stewart's Cup, my friend? And we're just going to do this from the perspective of what your short list is. Uh, so, so take it away. Stewart's Cup, uh, the info that we need that we can then factor in when we have the draw on Thursday and, and who your short list for the race is. Right, well, nice and easy finish. Um, Real simple one for you. Yeah, well, before I give you the shortlist, last 10 renewals, um, 10 of the last 10 recorded their last win over six or seven furlongs at class one or two level. 10 of the last 10, two to five starts in the current season. And 10 of the last 10, top three finish, one of last three starts. So my shortlist consists of one horse. Um and that is last year's sixth place finish finisher, Bielsa. Uh, didn't have the best draw that day. Ran alone up the middle of the track. Uh, and that sixth place, it was much better than it looked. And proved that, fine style, by smashing the Gold Cup field at air on his next start. Now, they've done a great job of getting him back down the weight since then. He's now only one pound above the mark. He ran... Uh, ran off when finishing sixth in the Stewards Cup last year. 
and he's only two pounds above his Air Gold Cup winner mark. A race he won by a relatively wide margin for a sprint handicap. Furthermore, when you look at Bielsa under the following conditions, a mark of 100 or less, a break of more than 30 days, and a field of 12 or more runners, you get a form line of first, sixth, which was the sixth in this race last year, first, 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 and first. Five wins from six, and then that sixth from a poor draw in the Stewart's Cup last year. All five of his clear wins have come under those conditions. A mark of 100 or less, a break of 30 days or more, a field of 12 or more. Let's go Bielsa, Stewart's Cup, boom, job done. Job's a good one. Love it. Uh, who is your nap of the week? That is a, that's a good question. I would probably be thinking, you know what, Pogo. I think I think Pogo. <laughs> I was going to say I, Pogo because I thought I was being um, real clever there, but that's great. No, um, I love that. Very, I'm very keen on him. Um, I, I, you know, I can. I said that it's not a race that always falls a front runner, but he's got stamina to hold on. Um, and like you, I, I kind of thought he'd be shorter. So, yeah, Pogo. I think we're getting, I think we've found one here. Um, yeah. I mean, look, he's won his last two, but he's too big a price. He's just way too big a price. Um, I have to be less original then uh, and go with um, and go with Kiprios with the, the value bet right now being Dragon Symbol, but uh, I'll, I'll go with uh, with Kiprios to win the, the Goodwood Cup, but Pogo is, is too big, far too big a price at 5-1 to one with Kaluki. We're going to punish you, Kaluki. Um, that is it. Ben Aiken, thank you so, so much for your insight. Really enjoyed it, my friend. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed the conversation. You can hear uh, Glorious Goodwood on TalkSport 2 throughout the week. I'm on with Lee tomorrow and again on Thursday. Are we doing Saturday as well? I can't remember, but we're, we're on, I think, three times this week, so looking forward to that. And... Um, We'll have some great interviews lined up for you as well. So looking forward to that. It should be a lot of fun. Uh, and we're back with the final furlong on Thursday as uh, Mark Milligan will be here uh, to, to give us an update on uh, all of the work that has just been done by Ben now with the draw uh, completed as well. Looking forward to that. Um, I was expecting a shortlist of three. You get a shortlist of one and a confident one too for the Stewards Cup. That's all we need. Um, right, Thanks so much for listening. Uh, we've also got a Galway insight from Dennis O'Regan where he speeds through his thoughts on the Galway hurdle, the Galway plate as well. Some really interesting stuff. Very frustrated with the accommodation situation in Galway too. Uh, I'm not afraid to say it. Uh, you can listen to that now on Spotify and all good podcast apps and uh, more Final Forum podcasts coming your way. Thanks so much from Ben and myself. We'll talk to you again soon. Be safe, be well, God bless.